Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Afternoon FM. In the sunshine. Today we have the man, the myth, the legend. He has never been wrong. Not once. Yeah, uh, what's up, y'all? Rashad, right? Holla at your boy. Uh, honored to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, come on set, Matt. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be going into a little bit on Rashad's Wright's career, his beginnings, uh, the future, uh, shows, projects, your life yep, yep. philosophy. <laughs> Hopefully, you see how deep we're gonna get. Shit. Let's see how it goes. Pleasure to have you on, and as my co-host, I have uh, Benjamin Roman. One of the runaways. One, one. Runaways, which way? Always, every which way ever was. <laughs> gang, gang. Two thirds of the runaways. We'll get into that later. So we're gonna start. <clears throat> Rashad is a Jersey City native, born uh, and raised. Uh, poet laureate, emeritus. Is <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> one or two uh, Grand Slam champ? Two, two-time Grand Slam champ, Jersey City Slam. Yeah, Jersey City Slam. Oh, we got the whole bio from we're gonna, we're gonna, this guy. We're going to be going through the whole, the, whole, the whole thing. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. So, we have a young man, a young boy growing up in, uh, in Jersey City. Tell me a little bit about your family and your childhood. Yeah, um, my mom's side of the family is from Charleston, South Carolina. My mom raised me. Uh, my dad uh, came in my life when I was five. Partial custody type thing. His family is from Newark, New Jersey, and uh, yeah, I'm Jersey born and bred through and through. Uh, moved out here in Patterson two years ago, um, ex-military, uh, college grad, uh, degree in creative writing. We'll get into it, you know, you're, we're, we're here for a while. Bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're skimming going. over it. Nah, you're not skimming over it, bro. Damn. This is This is your episode. Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah welcome to afternoon. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, no, tell me about uh tell me about what it was like growing up in Jersey City. Um right now, um it felt like I was grow- growing up in the hood, you know. Uh I talk about experiences I've had with uh people from different circles and it turns out a lot of my experiences are a little alien or like I'm a little different than a lot of my peers. Mm. Uh yeah. Mom raised me by herself, single bedroom apartment. At one point there were like five of us living in that one one bedroom apartment and uh yeah we made it um opposed to my dad who i saw on the weekends he had like a two-story house uh my two sisters my stepmother she's a lawyer so i'm living literally in between two different worlds they lived in the suburbs i lived in the city over there i was a fencer and doing that on my free time Mm. and in jersey city uh i was just some kid trying to make it through um, you mentioned to me that your dad's a jazz musician. What was it like growing up in a was it like was it like growing up in a household full of music? Yeah, um, yeah. Oh my God. Um, in Jersey City, I had the normal childhood, just some kid with, in front of a TV playing video games. But when I was with my dad, um, he was like a t- a traveling jazz musician. He sung and performed with my uncle Amir Baraka, who was the uh, last poet laureate of New Jersey. And I would just grow up watching the two of them uh, perform and do their things on stages in D.C., Jersey, Philly, New York, all over, wherever they wanted to take me, I would go along. He toured overseas, but I never went along on those trips. But, um, yeah, 
loved it grew up around performance in the arts and didn't even like really know it or wasn't conscious or aware of it mm. yeah so like it's not like my dad taught me how to perform or how to be on stage or anything or even my uncle because i didn't step into poetry until i was like maybe 17 senior year of high school mm. uh going to high school what was what was high school like Ooh, high school was a shit show fuck up oh christ uh, i went to saint mary's high school uh for the first three years worst time of my life uh <laughs> i was like one of the for few mo- black for kids. most bro for most. i know right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the few black kids in class uh in the dark skin guy in jersey city yeah i know right really? very um like latin that? school uh saint mary's everyone from the heights came right down okay okay and you know catholic catholicism is a very latin thing yeah. um all of us are baptists you know mm. um but yeah i got bullied and shit and then uh senior year happened and the old school I, I was at closed down and i went to a new school and said you know what i'm going to be the type of person that no one wants to hurt so i just try to make myself as likable and friendly as possible mm. and uh i think i succeeded and if you asked me to do something the answer was yes that year i was on swimming uh, i ran track i did cross country i had a job i was working for the new jersey devils and what else was i doing that year i was a referee for fencing i just did whatever if someone thought i was good enough to do something i was going to agree with them and do that thing go into uh into fencing and track man because that was a it was a big part of your life for like a, for a long time yeah uh to this day the only thing that i've done more than fencing is has been poetry and I did 10 years of poetry and eight years of fencing. That was from eight to uh, 16 or 17. Yeah. What got you? What got you into that? And what? Uh, what Free of- food. Really? There was an open house. They had hot dogs and shit. It was like around the corner from my dad's house. And at the time, I loved fucking Pirates of the Caribbean, so I wanted to learn how to be a swashbuckler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real? yeah that's- Holy my dad shit. said I was like dad what's fencing he's like uh, uh, it's swashbuckling what's swashbuckling I was like uh, he was like uh, watch Pirates Caribbean it's like oh where like like Jack Sparrow I could be yeah. Cat and Jack so yeah 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 That's I started fucking fencing awesome. I mean, I, 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 crazy I was, uh, yeah. yeah what kind of what, what kind of stuff did you learn from fencing like is it like more of a like what it like describe this sport actually it's, it's pretty foreign to a lot of people yeah I'm sure um well, first off, um, this is kind of weird. A lot of my, I'm, I'm very scared of dancing mm. in public. Yeah, the side note to the listeners, this man is the, the most, he's out there dancing. <laughs> I'm there so dancing. scared on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> I had to convince myself uh, how to move my body. And so I took all of, my footwork and whatever I do on stage or at a party from fencing. So you'll you'll see me hit the little uh, really? the stance. Yeah, my on guard. So the dancing that you see during during like the the events and shit over here is is uh, it's derivative from fencing. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking <laughs> ill. You know? That's fucking ill. Um, but what I learned from fencing, one thing that's sticking out in my head right now is like, um, all right, this is gonna this is super nerdy and obscure. But there's an episode of Dragon Ball Z Super mm. where Piccolo and Gohan are fighting two Namekians. Mm. And the two Namekians 
they're fused with different warriors from across their entire planet mm-hmm. and they're fighting piccolo who's fused with like two other guys mm-hmm. so we're, we're looking in piccolo's mind and it's the two guys that he's fused with fighting with him holding his shoulder holding him up and then we see these other two people that they're fighting and they got like a whole planet's worth of people just like fighting them in one body and that's what fencing was like mm-hmm. um i didn't have i mean i had a coach but like you know my family's black they don't know shit about fencing no one wants to show up and be in this weird space and watch all these people do this stuff that they have no idea about so i'm out there is one versus one but they got their coach their girlfriend their whole team people chanting and rooting for them someone handling a bottle of water someone with their spare weapons in case something breaks mm. it's just me that one guy on the strip so <laughs> it's one, yes it felt like one versus a hundred yeah because uh, i got to see an entire community uh support these people and uh so yeah that's uh fencing taught me about what it's like um to be in a place at a disadvantage because mm. you could be in a workplace or wherever but you don't actually get to see all of the elements that are helping push this person be in the same space as you mm. like when i was in college I was in the military. I show up in class, and you get the same grades as all your classmates, but your, your prof- the grades don't say that, oh, this guy just showed up uh, to class after drill. He had boots on and his uniform in his backpack. Mm-hmm. That's not reflected in the grades, but if I get that A, same as the person next to me who is dorming, probably doesn't have a job, probably isn't mm-hmm. working. We get the same goal. We get the same destination. Just the journey is very different. Maybe that goes into track. I don't know. Is that like that's uh, that's that, 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 that is it? Was it more of like an endurance thing? Is it like what like what kind of principles did you get from track? Um. Well, I did one year of track, uh, my senior year, and then I did cross country at NJCU. Mm. NJCU didn't have a track team. I was the only guy on the team. They didn't even have a uniform for me. So it's just it's you versus an entire team. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Every bro. time. Holy shit. So it was just me running around in basketball shorts from the women's basketball team and a t-shirt that said NJCU cross country running up against all these grown ass brolic men. Yeah. They're running in packs. I'm yeah. like, all right, guys, you know. So it was more of the same. Yeah. But uh, yeah, right. but it's all endurance. I love that. Yeah. That was my favorite part of running because yeah. fencing, it's me versus you. Um, how well you're doing affects how well I'm doing. Mm. In running, it's all me. I'm only doing as well as my potential and what I'm willing to push myself in that moment. Mm. I'm the only one responsible for my wins and losses when you when it comes to running or swimming. Jesus, and this is all before poetry. <laughs> oh my god. Well, fencing, yes. Uh, poetry was senior year. Um, yeah. But um, before I got into poetry, I was in theater. So I did drama club mm. first three years high school. So that's why I'm more of a uh, performer than I am a writer compared to other poets and writers. Mm. Yeah. Any uh, any particular plays that like influenced you during the during the time? Plays. Like or like any performances that were were happening in high school. That. Ironic. Um, I was in this play. Uh, my director's friend wrote it. It was called the Stonemasons, mm. and I was playing this character named Soldier, which was like the local neighborhood jackass. Mm. He would just 
running around heckling people, saying annoying things mm. to the uh, protagonists and all the other characters. Like, <laughs> what's going to happen when Tyler sees you hanging out with Cheryl? Mm. And just being an annoying jackass, and his name was Soldier. Mm. So it foreshadowed me joining the military. It foreshadowed me heckling all of my poor roommates that have to listen to me singing in the shower. And uh, <laughs> just being a menace to my neighborhood and that guy yelling on the streets. That's me. All right. And then they made me Paul Laureate. <laughs> 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 With a narrative art. Oh, man. You got any uh, questions or thoughts you had, Benji? When, when was your first performance ever? First performance? Um, my first show on my own, meaning not theater or drama. Um, senior year. Marist High School Arts Festival. Um, I was a part of a spoken word club called Soul Poetry. And everyone joined Soul Poetry because it was the only club that was air conditioned. <laughs> and uh, no one really wanted to do it, but someone had to perform for the arts festival. So when the coach asked who wanted to perform, I was the only one that said yes and the only one that spit a poem that, that whole time. So I got to stand an ovation. And I don't think the poem was that good. But that built up my confidence, and yeah, that made me run with it. Okay. Do you still have that poem? Do I still have that poem? Um, I'm sure, yes, yes, I do. I just rediscovered uh, the first book I ever wrote, uh, like maybe Wait, a few months we ago. Have a pre- we have preludes. Yeah. Okay. This, this for, yeah. for the record, guys, the uh, this show, uh, we, we're... Romeo's Whiskey is being performed was January 6th. 7th and 8th, yeah. 7th and 8th at the Tank in New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, to give a little bit more, it's good to give like context to everything. And uh, yeah, no, there's preludes, man. Yeah, this right? is, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the show Romeo's Whiskey is about my experience at basic training. The book Romeo's Whiskey is about my life up to the age of 21 when I joined the military. And uh, this is the first book I published. Um, the third book I wrote. Um, yeah, the sequel's coming out soon. It's called Papa's Tango. But before that, I wrote a book called A Prince in Its Cadence. And the first collection of poetry I ever put together was called The Jersey Kid Said. That's just for me. That's never going anywhere. It's, uh, it's not even really that good. But it's just a reflection of the person I used to be, and I love being able to have conversations with that guy every once in a while. That's that's crazy. That's why is the everybody's very critical of their first like work. But do you feel like do you, how personal do you feel to the first work? Um, you mean the work that's in it? Do you feel like you feel that like do you feel like the the Jersey Kid set is like more like like it's like mixtape? Yes. Yeah. That's my SoundCloud. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Follow me on SoundCloud, my Bandcamp album. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> but how uh, how are the pieces uh, different? No, 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 how are they? How are they different? Like, how do you feel like you've grown? Actually, in the in the in one sense, I kind of want to go back to it, but let's keep it at this. Fuck it. Uh, how do you feel that you've grown in in that gap between? Uh, between the Jersey Kids said and Romeo's whiskey. Yeah, and Romeo's whiskey. Okay. Like, uh, what is the like? What is the real, the real, the the root of it? Uh huh. Um. Skill wise, I started studying writing. Mm. Um, I treat it as a craft. Mm. 
uh, it was uh, when I made Romeo's Whiskey. Poetry was already my livelihood. Was already the source of security and my the source of my lifestyle. Yeah. When I wrote a Jersey Kid said, I just wanted to have a voice. Mm. I just had something to say. Mm. Uh, it wasn't necessarily too much. It's a very sincere, authentic piece, but it's not skill oriented. It's not all that uh, what well put together. It's not a conventional uh, body of text that. Uh, I would benefit from putting out there. Mm, no, 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 right? It's, yeah, know? yeah. It's, it's like a, it's, it's a love piece, bro. It's to get to exactly get to, get to know piece. who you are, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. And now that's the only goal is just for people to know me. Yeah. Uh, so I want everyone to feel like Jersey Kid said. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. To understand the. The actual like the like the this this is like really what it is. Yeah. 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 And uh we're joined by Benji here. Joined by Benji. And uh we're runaways uh together. That's a, a group right now, there are three of us. And um we do hope we I mean we kinda do whatever we want. We're just friends, honestly, but recently we've been performing and doing poetry. And uh, Benji has been attending some of my writing workshops, and uh, we've done a couple of pieces together uh, yeah. since then. Um, what made you? I know you. I know you had a history performing before uh, joining the Runaways, but what made you get back to it and tell me about what you were doing before we linked up? Um, so I I stopped doing a lot of my art stuff back in like maybe 2017 I was I, I put all that stuff on the back burner to focus on my career and now that I finally got a little stable in my career I was I well moving to prototype was a, a big step for me because once I moved to prototype it just opened the door for me to be creative all over again and to pick up all all my art where I left it off you know mm -hmm. and um, being around everyone here just inspired me to get back to my writing seeing you on stage um, seeing what's going on every month at um, Proto Mike like and then <clears throat> I, I ended up making a goal for myself that for every Proto Mike I will make three new pieces yeah yeah uh, when I first started out doing competitive poetry doing slam i had that same goal that uh every time every month every two weeks that i showed up to this competition i would do new work and present something new to the crowd so we're going about this in the same way and that's probably why we link it's funny that we got to that same conclusion i didn't even say like you know what as a coach i didn't say hey you should try and perform a new poem at every open bike every chance you get you took that on your own i respect yeah. that uh. and and also um what I did was because I, I a lot of my writing is always it's always inspired by um, by, by my love so I started to um, to push myself to write in, in about other things so every every time we did it was an, a different open mic I would write something and they would all be like what theme to all three pieces that I was mm -hmm. writing yeah that's really cool um I just gotta say the growth the growth is dope and it's nice to see you 
challenge yourself that's inspiring me to do the same continually thank you i appreciate that yeah and uh beautiful <laughs> beautiful <laughs> moment beautiful moment uh and, well this is uh the Runaways, there's there's the Straw Hat Poets. Yeah. There's Chill Brown. You have this is a man of many, many projects and many people. Yeah. I don't even think about it. The, uh, uh, the Straw Hat Poets, go, go, go into that. And then I think we'll maybe get into Chill Brown. Okay, yeah. Um, Straw Hat Poets is also a group of, well, now three of us meet regularly. Uh, it's myself, my mentee, Isabel Cruz, and good friend of mine, Johnson, sold out. Um, where the Runaways is a group of friends that do poetry, the Straw Hats are a group of poets that are becoming friends. Mm. Um, we are we all know each other because of our craft, because of our writing. We study together, write together, practice together. Everything the Runaways do, except <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all friends. They're all poets. Yeah, um, it's funny. It's uh, the opposite. It's like. Uh yeah, the opposite uh, strength. Yeah, yeah, the opposite. Like it's like a, it's like cars. I don't know. Like one car is like moving. It's like the car is moving like this way, and the uh-huh. car is moving this way, and it's it's from the original destination. To yeah, the other destination. That's so cool. Yeah, intersections. Let's uh, let's get into the formation of Chill Brown. Um, dang, you know now I'm talking about all these groups, their origin. We got all. We got. We got. We got we're chilling, bro. <laughs> I never thought about this. The start of all these groups are kind of the same. This is afternoon, bro. Um, It was so I was doing poetry and performing, and I had two really close friends that I knew were artists and performers. I'm talking about Ezzy Nightingale and uh, my best friend Melvin Badger. Mm. Melvin's been playing bass since I was eight, Um, so he's been playing for like 20 years now. Ez uh, used to be a singer slash keyboardist. And even started writing poetry when we first met. And both of them didn't perform or was too nervous or shy to uh, step on stage. So I was like, okay, uh, let's, if you can't do it by yourself, we'll do it all together. And we started performing together, and that's how Chill Brown became a band. Slowly but surely, uh, we brought in more people. Uh, my boy Malachi Friday came on. He was a rapper. Shari Pionkowski was our first drummer, also a dancer. Gio Manzo uh, came in as a guitar at a certain point, but we started uh, out with uh, my boy Wiser. Mm. We've had like entire different groups of people uh, in Chill Brown. Now we have Daniel Chapman on sax, Jonathan Enrique on drums. But uh, honestly, the first thing I wanted to do was this show because I wanted to uh, have a live band with a one-man show or play that I wanted to write. Mm. Uh, but we just started rehearsing and the chemistry was so natural I said you know what this is more than me I'm going to put my project on the back burner and let us just create music and perform organically mm. and uh, that's what we, yeah that's how Chill Brown started and what we became such beautiful music that you guys make thank you uh, recent, so recent first uh, first recording man. First yeah first oh, that was album. fun yeah, yeah. It was an EP. It was like maybe five tracks. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. Do you have any working? T- you have titles or? Um, we're, we're, I think we're going with the Chili EP. The Chili EP. Yeah. The Chili. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's fire. The way to spell it is a question. That's yeah. the real challenge. Yeah. But I think we're gonna go with C H I L L E P. All right, word. Yeah. Word, bro. 
No, yeah, wait, wait for that. Any projected dates or no? Uh, oh, no, yeah. nothing yet. Uh, we got to get it mixed and mastered still. But once that happens, we'll have music out there. But you can find us on YouTube. It's abs- absolutely beautiful music, guys. Neo soul and poetry. Yeah, that's us. Mm. Uh, no stranger to performing. Uh, how did you find the like after school? After school activities. Whoa. Yeah, and six sixty and the origins of like just meeting everybody here. Yeah. Um, back when I was in Jersey City. Uh, the Polar yet of Union City uh, has started Jersey City Slam, the team I used to be on. And ben? Yes. Ben, Ben Slam. All right, shout out to Benedicto. Yeah, Benedicto Figueroa. Yeah. Yep. Um, he used to go by Broken English, mm. and um, I saw them perform. They really loved me and uh, said, yo, come on, come through Jersey City Slam. And then I came to my first slam, saw it, was blown away, mm. went to basic training, started writing came out and that's when i got in the slam i'm doing slam for three four years uh and ben is doing a show at 660 calls me up to come through i show up fell in love with the space came every week afterwards i didn't see ben back in the space until two years after that but that's what his mentorship was like for me he would just show me these new crazy things and i would hop in and just run with it yeah Oh, that's beautiful. Dude. And now I live with uh, these people that he introduced me to. Yeah, yeah. No, that's beautiful, dude. Yeah. What, how is it? I, been? Alex's interview. Alex was talking about. Oh, where I gotta hear that? Oh, Alex's interview, man. He, uh, he was telling me how uh, you would start out with the cajon at the after oh, school. Oh God! And it was like it was like yeah. Yeah, I was too nervous to share my poetry, so I would play like a little percussion box, my cajon, whenever I showed up. Hide behind that. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that uh, you ditched, not ditched the cajon, but I don't know if you, I, I was there for the performance. <laughs> do you remember the first time when you actually, like, you uh, you started spitting some, spitting some shit? And, uh, it, yeah. was, it was so dramatic. I was drunk, and the cajon was literally breaking. And I was so into the song. <laughs> I, took, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I took my so foot. And my boot, and I was banging on the cajon while playing it. This thing falls apart. A hole is in my cajon now. I toss it to the side, <laughs> hop up to the stage, and start spitting. I was so into the song, I just didn't want it at the end and wanted to make sure it lasts as long as possible. So I started spitting. Crazy. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That was bro. so dramatic. That's like, Yeah, that's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's great. That's so cool. Uh, shit. Alex gonna, was like, I don't think you should keep doing that. As you saw it breaking, but I couldn't see it because it was underneath me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 well he's like, oh, yeah, so some, something's going on with the. Yeah, it was cracking. Yeah. yeah. What's it like living with me, bro? No, I know. What's the experience like? The experience? Yeah. Really? The Rashad Wright oh, experience. It, uh. It definitely pushes me. It definitely like no I'm serious bro like uh you inspire a lot of people oh yeah yeah and you you know it he's, he's a little modest. i right? thought you was gonna say something else. i thought you was gonna so say rashad people, you um was... you should probably wear no. more shoes uh wear a shirt sometimes you know i'm in the no shoe department 
Okay. Yes, I mean, yes, I, I you actually are. made more shoes. I need to start wearing more shoes. Fair. But uh, I like the moccasins, though. That's, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big. That's your brand. It's uh, as close as I can be to barefoot. <laughs> uh, Is there a reason for that? Uh, you know what, man? When I was living in the woods, uh, I wouldn't start wearing shoes until it was cold outside. It was. Uh, I felt very connected to the earth. Whoa. I felt very. Uh, your feet are better than these shoes, man. But like, it's uh, I don't know. It's like, you, like if you're slipping off of a mountain, you're easier to grip on the side of a mountain with your feet than and it. And it, it was like, it was kind of a, it's a little bit of like, not a penance thing. It was a lot of reasons. That'll go. That's 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 a hole. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's pretty dope, though. How uh, how is your like? I was gonna go in a national guard uh, and like some national guard stories, but uh-huh. uh, well, let's let's start let's start with the relationship to the boots. To the to your to your boots. You have a very oh, to my boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny like, that we're talking about feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll shift back in. Man. Like you know, like even like the cover of Romeo's whiskey. Like is that? It's how. That's obviously has a very uh, significant story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, believe it or not, um, when I do stuff in my poetry, like when I say lines or something like that, I like change who I am to make sure that those lines are true. Hmm. So there's this one line where I say, um, I don't even believe in capital letters. I believe in equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. The second I wrote that line, I had to rewrite Romeo's Whiskey and took every capital letter out of that book. Just to be consistent with this poem I performed that's not even in that book. Just to be that consistent. Ridiculous. Mm. But there's this one poem where I say I'm always wearing boots. Mm. Or I wear boots every time I perform. I think I said that in an interview once. And say, you know what, now I gotta do it. Now I gotta wear boots every time I perform. And a dog tag like it's a rosary. Exactly. Thank you! Yeah, Yeah. in that same poem, that's where I have the line about Cavill Leathers. Mm. Huh. Uh, With the book... That's actually a um, commentary on Trayvon Martin. Uh, My favorite book of all time is called Citizen. And the cover of that book is just a white background with a hood um, like on the wall. uh, And that's supposed to be Trayvon's hood. Um, That book represented uh, the stories of random individuals throughout the country. And uh, the mask that they wear. Um, this helmet was the mask or protection they're thinking I wore in order to keep myself safe and I'm telling you my story the same way that book was about multiple people's stories yeah mm. yeah the cover is my helmet with the, uh, dog tags wrapped around it it's in black and white and on the dog tags fun fact uh, is my name because one of them belongs to me the other dog tag actually belongs to um, my first platoon sergeant uh, when I enlisted, mm. he played a joke on me and left his dog tags. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use this in the photo shoot. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Do you have any uh, any more stories from National from National Guard? Like I, I remember talking about the food with you once. You're oh, the like, food's like, trash, man. Powdered <laughs> eggs? Oh, man. Powdered <laughs> eggs? Then they had the nerve to call that shit a continental breakfast. My boy was like, why you think it's... <laughs> No, I wouldn't be able to do that. My boy was like, why do you think this called the Continental Breakfast? I said, because they serving this shit across the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
yeah. powdered eggs, MREs, fuck the food, bro. But I was so light uh, when I first enlisted because I was running cross country that they gave me double rations and food in the cafeteria during basic training. Ooh, that was, I'll take it. Two meals a day, I mean, three meals a day, double servings. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. I gained 30 pounds those three months of basic training. Yep. 30 pounds? 30 pounds. I was 130. <laughs> got the 160 in three months. And um, uh, last thing about the military, I guess. Um, I used to, I used to, I had a real bad sleep talking problem while I was at basic training. And um, the two soldiers have to be awake at all times. We switch and take shifts. So two soldiers said they had, they had, sometimes they just sit down with a chair next to me when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. They have entire conversations with me. One guy said, I spit this poem that I never even wrote before. Yeah, crazy. Ridiculous. Wow. And X also said that when I was asleep, I would spit, I would do poems sometimes if I had a competition coming up soon. I think it was just nervousness. Yeah. Do you still talk in your sleep? I don't think so. Um, my part right now has never said that. Evidently, I snore now, which is new. I think, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, <laughs> describe uh, the first time that you uh, you won the uh, the slam poetry flick. Wow! Bring me up on these like, on these tournaments. Uh, Jersey City Slam 2015. I'm fresh out of basic training and I'm performing poems that I wrote at basic training. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday we would have like uh, our free time, only only free time the entire time, and uh, there was a certain time that we had to turn the radio off. And during that time, all the guys in the bay would crowd around and sit by their beds, and I would perform poetry in the middle. Uh, the bay for everybody and whatever I wrote that week and would share it with them. And I had this captive audience that had no contact with the out- outside world. They started looking forward to hearing me uh, spit, even whether they agreed with me or not or about what I was saying. It was just enjoyed to see someone um, sharing A, how they feel, and B, doing it well, and P- C, doing it passionately. And uh, so when I got out, I was at every open mic, every competition, anywhere I could be on the stage. I needed to do it. And then uh, the first time I won a slam, I had beat someone that was like one of the Jersey City Slam regulars and always winning. So I broke down in tears. That was when I was still inviting all my friends to every show. So there was like seven, ten people out there to see me in the back of this bar. And oh man, I spit a poem called The Jersey Kid Said Generation Degenerate. And um, I met my Gina at a Chinese food restaurant. My Gina? It's a love poem where I'm like, oh, 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 uh, really in love with watching Martin. Hmm. So my ideal love story is Gina and Martin. So I found my Gina. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. This isn't even poet laureate. Like this isn't even like the poet laureate story. This is like this is slam poetry. Which, First year. Do you what uh actually no. What uh describe the I wanna see like the, the, the poet laureate like crowning like story. Like I wanna hear like what, what that day was like. Like when you when you like there's there's this there's the slam and then there's like there's this and this is like 
This is like, you know what I mean? Like, to, to hold it down after, like, growing up in the thing. Like, how, like, it, it's, like, it's the city. Like, the city. City's, like, big. It's big. Every, everything is Jersey City. Jersey City's big now. Yeah. yeah. Becoming his first Polo Laureate was a lot for me. You're the, you're the first first. I was there first in 14 years. Oh, Jesus So they Christ. hadn't had one for a few mayors by then and decided to reinstate it and pick me. Um, what? Uh, I was, it was 2018, um, I was fresh out of college, like, maybe two or three months, and I got a degree in creative writing, mm -hmm. and joined the military to do it, and they're talking about sending us out on the deployment. Mm -hmm. It was the last thing I wanted to do, um, but I also didn't have a job, because I had a creative writing degree, mm -hmm. and two, three months out of school, no, I graduated in spring, and I was named Paul Laureate in December. So, like, maybe half a year after graduating, um, they tell me I'm Paul Laureate. And I'm like, dang, I have a, a reason to stay in the States to uphold this office and take up this position and do this big, uh, this high accolade thing that, that uh, artists live and want to do for their entire life. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, oh, shit, that's, that's wild. That's a lot, you know? And... Um, at the time, it also felt like no one gave a fuck about poetry. I was traveling across the country doing competitions and things and came back to school. And I was like one of the two or three creative writing majors that was focused on poetry. Um, we had like one poetry professor at the school. No one, even in the writing world, which no one cared about, there was this poetry thing that even the people that no one cared about didn't care about. So it was like that one art form that just felt like no one wants to go see someone talk to them or share their thoughts or feelings. No one, no one likes that. And then my city decided uh, to celebrate the way that I did this thing that I thought I was never getting attention for. I had a chip on my shoulder. Um, ever, fencing, swimming, cross-country track, these are all things I was really good at. But no one's, there's no audience. No one ever comes out to see it. You don't really get or need support with those things. It's just mm -hmm. something you do by yourself. Mm -hmm. And then the city said, you know what? Um, I've been doing poetry at protests, on street corners, bars, cafes, classrooms, teaching, coaching, across, traveling, all this. Just fucking poetry. And the city said, you know what? We see you. We like that. We respect that. They gave me a studio for two years. And that's when I first started doing open mics. But, yo, that was a big... I say all that to say it was a really big honor. Mm. Yeah, it was a big affirmation. Mm. Yeah. For Jersey City? I was Jersey City through and through. Mm. I couldn't be happier. Mm. Oh, man. That's when I started believing day by day. Mm. So like I had this chant where I say day by day and the crowd responds, we're getting better and better. And I said that because it was something, I, it's a little joke I make all the time, but it's something I would like to believe is true. At the time I was like, you know what, I'm going to say this and I, I don't you really don't believe, believe in it. You don't believe in day, I don't even mean to cut you off, you don't believe in day by day. I didn't day. always. And sometimes I don't. <sighs> It's hard. It's hard. It's hard out here. I'm not that confident in anything. It's so that's 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 amazing, bro. You inspire so many people. No, come on, you. you thanks, thanks. That's like yeah, bro. It's like that's you inspire so many people. It is the the amount of the 
what it affects with so many people. It's, it's, everybody, everybody feels it. So it's a, like a fucking That's wave. It so. I get I get what you see and what everyone else sees, but all that comes from a place of not having confidence. Mm. I didn't see the worth in my life or my identity or anything I should do. That's why I often took jobs like lifeguarding, uh, National Guard, teaching. It's where I'm serving others to herald their life up, make sure that they're happier and that they get something from meeting me and knowing me. Or I put my life on the wrist for them and they live because... I gave them something or I'm in danger to keep them safe. Mm. I did those type of jobs. I didn't have value in my life. I thought my life, uh, if I could help you do something, I did my purpose because you're dope. You're great. You're amazing. Mm -hmm. I ain't shit. So I'm going to push you if that's like my life story. And that's where, that's how I became inspirational or that. Yeah. Cause I want, I believe in you. So I want you to do better. I'm going to talk you up. I'm going to get you to be great. Because I see that in you. Didn't always see it in myself. I do now. But, yeah. All right, bro. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. No, no. It's just, it's just killing It's yeah. just perspective. It's, yeah, like, it's not. It's, it's I don't think beautiful. it's profound or nothing. It's just perspective. I'm just. I'd rather be positive than, neg- than uh, negative. If it's a choice. It might be. If I can choose um, to enjoy myself, if I can choose to embrace uh, the better parts of a narrative or a story or a moment, that's probably a good choice. Why not make that choice? Why not take that decision, you know? I mean, yes, I am also hurt often. I'm not perfect. Uh, I hurt other people. Uh, I'm often sad. Days are hard. But... I choose this other shit a lot more, and I'm going to choose that as much as I can. Mm. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful, man. This uh, is actually calls back to the chat book, man. Like, you're very, like, this man just released, like, a, a chat book for, for Kwanzaa. Like, go, go into the details of that. Thanks. Yo, this is such a... Thank you, man. This, no, no problem. First, bro. I just want to say thanks for having me on here again. This well, has been such a natural conversation and yeah. leading into the, my whole story. Thank I, you. I want to hear, I, I wanna hear the story, and I want everybody else to hear the story, man. This is like... Uh, this is the goal. I learned I learn a lot. I learn a lot from you. I learn a lot from Alex. And I learn a lot from everybody that's around right. me, man. And fucking... Uh, you know, it's like a giving back. You know, it's like always like, right? It's like even that, like, you know what I mean? Even coming from a place of invulnerability and pushing others, it's like, that's the that's the energy. That's the energy of this place, man, and that's the energy of, like, it's just, it's a beautiful vibe, and that's it's a welcoming for everybody to join this and to understand this. This is what this whole shit is. This is afternoon FM. Right. <laughs> yeah. I try. Sometimes you I'm, do, sometimes man. I'm pretty. You do. Sometimes, you I'm, sometimes I'm pretty. Sometimes I'm shitty at it. Sometimes I'm good at it. But yeah, I, uh, that's a part of the process too. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at it. You know what it is? Where it's uh, it's it's the same shit with photography. Photography was like to look at this beautiful. Look at this piece. Look at how beautiful life is in this single moment, mm-hmm. and look at how beautiful the story is and look at how and that's that's that is the, video that's, yeah that's, that's the whole but even this like the, this, the story and and podcasting and all right. of it it's not just video it's so much more yeah, you just want to do that thing i, I just yeah. i want I, I love 
the feeling you'll I, do whatever medium will get you there it's a little vo- it's voyeuristic a little bit but it's also like i love the story of this and i love hearing this and i love like yeah it's just it's uh it's wonderful in that sense i'm proud you were i'm proud of you that you're in a position to be able to help others and you have that power now yeah that is a powerful position to be in it's it's uh it's it's nuts it's a weird it's a weird thing it's responsibility it's a responsibility and duty. It's, uh, it's duty it's yeah. duty too it's a it's a lot it's you i have to be responsible and it comes from like you know not a necessarily actually yeah it comes from a place of insecurity man it's like coming from like different uh different levels of uh of like you know what i mean They're coming from an it like an unstable background and coming into into like even more instability and then just finding this like keeping running and keeping the fucking like the day by day the day by day struggle of fucking like finding the grounding to be able to get yourself out of this like you know what i mean like, when when you my shit was i was la- i landed in a different land and i had to find my way back home mm. it was a little bit of an odyssey and finally, like, I found my way back home that I'm, like, close enough to my family and to be able to, like, make things again. Yeah. Like, I was, I was stuck in the woods. It's more of a, yo, I need to find electricity before I do anything. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, like, I have to support, like, a family. Your bare it's, bone survival. It's, but this, this shit of duty and the shit of, like, responsibility and the, and the belief. Like, even if it's, like, there's no audience in the woods, bro. It's just fucking... Right. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, I'm doing this to survive. And it got me to a point where I could come back home and just be home. And just be home. It was just like... But it's that. But it's that. Like, that's the, the wonderful... Uh, that's, All these relationships have value that's so much more visible for you now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I get it's that. Just, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it, it was a whole struggle. But now it's like, you know, finally back here. But it's like this... Cause you you come from the same grounding, man. Um, shit. <laughs> Yo, while I was in basic training, I forgot what I looked like in all my dreams, so I was always dressed in camouflage. Mm. Second, I got in basic training. That's when I started changing up the way I dressed, and that's why I'm so kind of crazy with my outfits nowadays. But yeah, because I was like, oh, I'm gonna remember go- if, if if I, I- got, I'm gonna remember how I dress. Mm. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Let me see. <laughs> uh, uh, describe uh, like coming a prototype. Like what brought you over here to 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 like 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 after 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 school. Uh, what uh what, what got you into like like describe like coming into Patterson and to be able to like uh-huh. expand over here. Really bad time. Um, mm. before getting here. Um. Quarantine was a thing. Uh, I wasn't Polar yet anymore. Uh, I still had the studio at Mana, but all I just came out with my first book, and I booked like a whole tour to do this same show that I'm bringing back now. Hmm. Um, all the shows that I canceled. Uh, I was going. I had like four or five different colleges lined up um, for shows, and I was going to make enough money for the whole year off those gigs. All of it got canceled. Um, Quarantine lasted two years. Had to move in with my dad and my sisters in Maplewood. No, well, actually, I got kicked out when I published my book. So I was sleeping on my friend's couch. Um, 
went with my dad in Maplewood when quarantine got heavy. Came back to Jersey City, was working in kitchens uh, as a prep cook or a fast food cook at some bar. And uh, wasn't really performing or doing anything. Uh, just got out of the hospital um, hmm. from self-harm. And uh, ran into Alex at mm. Snapdragon at the cafe in Jersey City. Mm. He said, yo, uh, yeah, you remember 660? Yeah, we're just doing that. It's the same thing. It's just in Patterson. Uh, 237 River Street. We call ourselves Prototype 237. Yeah, man. Come on through. Check it out. I was here that weekend. No, the week after that, I came in, spent the weekend here, moved in a week later. <laughs> and been on the top of the world ever since. Uh, I live with the squad now. That's crazy. Being in the military showed me how much I benefit from living with others. Yeah. 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 Knowing that I have a responsibility to do something for the people around me will make me do it. Mm. I have trouble doing shit for myself. Mm. Learn that about myself, too. Hated that. I hate that, though. I wish I had as much motivation for myself, but... Yeah, knowing, what, knowing that my responsibilities affect others makes me want to do them. Mm-hmm. Going to, like, the uh, the first Proto Mics. Um, Proto Mic is a open mic series. Um, the offshoot of an open mic I ran in Jersey City called Mana Mic. Um, as a performer... I didn't always have a stage or a show or a place to perform, so I said, you know what? Why not just make one? So that's how I started Mana Mike. That's why I started Proto Mike. And um, as a performer, you know what it's like to be in a space that, you know, isn't ideal. Uh, there's no sound system. There may be people drunk, loud, or talking somewhere, or, you know. As a performer, you know, I just did this show. The conditions weren't. Um, ideal this was a challenge for me I want to create a performance that is ideal for the performer Hmm. Um, they feel accommodated they feel seen they feel heard Hmm. and they feel like I would like to do this again here I feel like I got something here that I may lead me to grow Hmm. so that's the goal of Proto Mike Hmm. it's just an open mic anybody want to shout out Anyone I want to shout out? Yeah. Um, O'Neal has been coming through to like every proto mic. Tiger Burn Bamboo. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Good guy. Um, big supporter. Always here. He's at every art event in Jersey. I could be. I I think he's gonna be at my show at the Tank this uh, weekend. Word. Um. Yeah. Me and Benji held it down by ourselves at the last one. That was a big help. Mm. Christ. That was our second biggest one, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, everyone was away for the holidays, so still had I to. I think it might have been your biggest one. Think so? Yeah. Maybe. 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 Yeah. It was lit. Was lit. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Having too much fun lately. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you saw the New Year's photos, guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is how I am going in 2023. What's wrong with me? This one this how I'm gonna kick it off? What's, what are we doing? Why not? No one man should be doing all that. 
doing all that. <laughs> Man. Oh, my God. Christ. Oh, shit. In the elevator? Psych. Psych. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants contacts to that, go to Benji. With, with, uh, Benji, how many eyes? In the... Uh, six eyes. Six eyes. Better go to at Benji for six for six <laughs> eyes. On Instagram. On Instagram. I. So I'm... I go back to the work, man. Fucking. Uh, so, Romeo's whiskey is is about your mother. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, go into a little bit of Papa's Tango. Yeah, uh, Papa's Tango is about my relationship. Well, first off, they're both Army phonetics. Romeo's whiskey is. Alpha Bravo Charlie, R as in Romeo, W as in whiskey. Mm. Papa's Tango is P as in Papa, T as in Tango. It's the acronym we use for physical training. Mm. So whenever we go for a workout, we call it PT. Um, And it's Papa's Tango would be the dance that your father teaches you. Mm. Uh, It's about the violence that I learned in the world uh, in order to be a man taught by my father in the military in order to survive. Yeah. Mm. Romeo's whiskey is about the poisons we drink for the things we love, like Romeo did. Mm. Drink the poison. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, you how know what sucks? How do you, oh, it sucks it? how much thought I put into the names of these two books, but the third one's name is going to be so basic. I just, I, yeah, it's going to be so simple. Cause like, oh, he did all this. He got the he. He talking about two different languages right now in uh, the first two titles. Nothing, nothing for the third one. It's just gonna be called Focus. It's all about me. Is it three? It's three on Focus. Third, third, the third. So this is the third book. Is Focus? Yeah. Word. How? Uh, how do? How do you? How deep is the difference between the work of the first and the second book? Um, and then the third book. I mean, I don't know what, what's, what's, if, if you have more on the third book. But. The third book is one poem that's 30, 30, 36 pages long. Um, yeah. Uh, the second book, it's like... It's like textbook Romeo's Whiskey. Um, the narrator is a lot older now, a little bit more cynical. Um sees the world and is going through it romeo's whiskey was about the magic uh papa's tango is about the reality Mm. yeah it's just a bare bones straightforward account of romeo's whiskey except not with my mother this is about what my father taught me uh you could say romeo's whiskey is all about this kid thinks he's a dragon uh papa's tango is my dad taught me how to kill rats yeah Mm. Word. That is some shit Aaliyah would say. <laughs> that poem's coming back in the second one. There's a sequel to it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Describe uh, performing. Performing this. this uh, you performed it at Prototype. It's before I have met everybody here. Yes. But yeah, this is, a, this is a reprise at the tank, ladies and gentlemen, at the 26th, 27th, and 28th. Uh, describe uh, performing it. The show is different every time. Um, it's about red phase, white phase, and blue phase in the military. The white phase is about what you learn 
about the skills that we got to give you so you can deal with the world when we throw you out there. So white phase is when I bring in other people to perform mm. to teach me and give me skills and give the audience what I get from them. Mm. So the show is different every time because the white phase is always different. Mm. This year, I mean, this time we have Chill Brown performing with me for that portion. Mm. Last time it was Ben. The time before that, Alex. The time before that, just as a nightingale. Mm. I was going to have dancers in for this one, but the schedule didn't work out with timing and rehearsals. But yeah. Romeo's Whiskey Live with Chill Brown uh, at the tank, 7 p.m. January 6th, 3 p.m. January 7th, 7 p.m. January 7th, 7 p.m. January 8th, the tank. Blam. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Rashad Wright, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on another ap- episode of Afternoon FM. Benji, Rashad Wright, it's been an honor. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>